It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful with whatever plant you want to think about growing or you have already grown and been not so good about later. But if you have any questions about any plant, anything that's green or anything that turned brown under your care, then you can give me a call at 404-872-0750. Beginners, beginners, freely accepted. Ashley Frasca, the sweetest person in the world, will talk to you, maybe answer your question right off the bat, or send you over to me, and we'll answer it together somehow, make you happy. Ashley's out there being dreamy right now, dreamy, dreamy, because she saw the feature article at WalterReeves.com which is the announcement of our next garden trip. We're going to northern Italy, southern France, and it is going to be terrific. Northern Italy, ooh, around Lake Como there. It's pretty, pretty, pretty. Got some hills and mountains above Lake Como. We'll be there visiting gardens. We drive down through Nice. You've heard of Nice in southern France. We might take a day trip over to Monaco. Uh, we'll go on down through uh, Arles and a couple of other places in uh, in uh, France, and we'll drink wine of the Rhone Valley. We'll have uh, cooking classes. We're going to go to gardens. We're going to do some walking. <sighs> Boy, this is going to be a good, good trip. But I have to have Ashley stay home so that she can take care of the show while I'm gone. So, uh, sadly, she'll just have to dream a little more. But she'll do a great job hosting during this trip. It's in May. Check your calendars. In fact, my advice is to check your calendars sooner rather than later, because I announced this yesterday, actually last night, I guess, or the night before last, to all my Facebook followers. This is one of the advantages of following me on Facebook, is I announce things to my Facebook followers before I announce it on radio. And so the Facebook people, I got, what, 28,000 Facebook followers, and out of them, already a dozen to 15 people have already signed up for this trip in just a day. So this morning is time to poke your spouse and say, hey, honey, wouldn't you like to go to Italy? Doesn't in our anniversary this year, shouldn't we do something special for our anniversary? Let's go to France and Italy with Walter. And the spouse may say, I don't know. I'm not a gardener. Don't worry about it. We have something for everybody. We've got something for lazy people. We've got something for garden lovers, non-garden lovers. It doesn't matter. We've got actually a couple of people that have been on trips with us who've become fast friends because they're the anti-gardeners. <laughs> Their wives love gardening and the guys not so much. And so they have become fast friends because they just bonded and hanging around drinking beer. And so fine. If that's what you like, fine. We'll get, make a little beer stop for you. But these trips are really, really really fun. You can get details at WalterReeves.com. Click on the link there to see the whole itinerary. Earthbound Expeditions, my partners over in Seattle, have made a fabulous uh, uh, description of what we do every day. And uh, in some cases, if you deposit now, you can get your deposit refunded if things change between now and the end of May. So check it out. Again, trip to France and southern, uh, skip to southern France and northern Italy coming up May the 29th through June the 9th. Susan is in Snellville. Susan would love to go with me to Europe. I know she would. Hey, Susan. Susan. Susan is silent. Susan is stunned by the opportunity. Susan, are you there? Sadly, Susan is going to get put back on the hold button right there. Let's go to Frida up in Villa Rica. Frida, good morning. Good 
Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, Frida. What can we do for you? I have Bermuda grass. Yeah. Um, I've been in my home for two years. The house set for five years, and I have crab. I have lots of weeds, all kinds. The yeah. ones that look like little onions or um, crab grass. I have sure. the clovers. I have everything. Sure. Um, so I want to start, you know, just trying to treat my my lawn and have better grass this summer or spring. We can do so, it. We I can do about, it. Like, Free of posting merchant. I've yeah, been kind of looking into that. Yeah, I just yeah. wanted your advice on, on how to how to take care of this lawn. I can. Uh, all right. Number one, do you have sunshine, Frida? I do. All right. So you heard me talking to John a while ago. If you don't have sunshine, then option is to make sure we're managing the Bermuda grass first because if we do that right, fertilize it right, then the Bermuda is going to go a long way to killing weeds. That's a good environmental way to kill weeds is to make the Bermuda help you do the job. That's number one. And I want to give you a resource of how to get this information a little bit later, so just hang with me for a while. The second thing to do is we want to kill the weeds before any seeds germinate. And we do that by, like you say, the word pre-emergent. That means you put it down the 1st of March before any weeds germinate, any seeds anyway, germinate during the early spring and summer. And so a pre-emergent around the 1st of March, that's really good. There's halts, there's all sorts of brand names you can put down, but they all prevent weed seeds from germinating. And number three, for the broadleaf weeds, or for weeds that you just want to get rid of right now, there are products, again, by Bonide, by Ortho, by Bayer. Uh, you go to any nursery, go to a pike and pick up one of the Bonide good weed control products there, and just spray it on the weeds, follow the label, you know when and how and, you know, sort of the timing on the whole thing. And uh, you can kill the broadleaf weeds that way, but... First, we start with making the grass happy, and the way to get that whole calendar of when, where, how, what, and all that kind of stuff is go to my website. Ashley was just sending it to somebody a minute ago out there. She said, one guy said, I just don't need to know how to take care of my lawn. And she says, I want to send you a calendar right now. And so, okay. Frida, for you, go to WalterReeves.com, type in the search line lawn calendar or calendars. I can't remember which one works best, but lawn calendar. And it gives you a little sheet that or you choose, actually. You choose Bermuda, Zoysia, Centipede, whatever you have. And it prints out a nice sheet that tells you, in this month, it's the best time to do this. In this month, it's best time to do that. This month, best time to lay sod. And you get all the details you need to manage your Bermuda, and then we'll get the weeds and mop them up, and you've got the prettiest lawn in the neighborhood by September. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Also, one more question, yeah. if you don't mind. Um, for shrub, well, trees, shrubs, I have this um, tree. It has, like, little cherries. The first year I was in the house, it looked like little cherries, but you can't eat them, but they look like cherries, and yeah. they had, like, a, a really purple-looking bloom. Huh. I had it the first summer to bloom, but the second, this past summer, nothing bloomed on the tree. Right. I was thinking about maybe a fertilizer. Uh, yeah. What tree is it, Fried? i got to know what it is. Yeah, I hear silence there, Frida, so you don't know what it is. Uh, give me, um, wait till it blooms. Do me a favor, wait till it blooms and send me a picture then, and uh, or call me. You can call me on the radio if you want to. But when it's blooming, 
call me and let's talk about what it is, and then we'll know how to fertilize, and then we'll get the whole deal uh, cut out for you there. So just give me a buzz. We'll figure it out and what it is. That'll determine when and how to manage it. Real quickly, I know we can get Walter in here. Walter is in Jonesboro, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Walter, hey, good morning. Fine. Hey. Uh, about two weeks ago, I had this gum tree taken out. Yeah. The stump is right next to the house. There's an offshoot root that has cracked the patio. Oh. The, the tree surgeon that took it out made cuts in the stump. He said, put buttermilk in there. You yeah. introduce yeah. a bacteria, which will eventually dissolve. I'm not as worried about the stump as I am the root that's right, right. next to it. Right. And I also went to the Internet. And there was one thing said, put charcoal on the stump and set fire to the charcoal. <laughs> yeah, and call your insurance man before you do that. Exactly. I don't like so it. I needed your advice. <laughs> that does buttermilk really work on a sweet gum tree? No. <laughs> you want the right answer? No. I mean, okay. I love your, your tree guy, but sadly, buttermilk doesn't work, nor does uh, drilling holes in the stump and putting uh, fertilizer down there, nor yeah. does cutting cross cuts with your chainsaw over the top of the stump to introduce water. Yeah. All of those will slightly accelerate the rotting process, but that stump is going to be there, Walter, for another four years, five maybe, okay. before it decomposes. Would, would acid work on, on wood? Sulfuric acid pouring you on the stump or not? Another one, call your insurance man and see what he says. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. Do not be pouring acid on that stump. And Walter, the thing you're worried about, you said, was the root under the patio, Yeah. and it's not going to grow anymore. It's going to no. decompose and die, so it's not going to make your patio crack subside or anything. Oh, I know. Well, but the roots I thought dead. as it would get smaller, the it's raised up about two inches. Right. As it got smaller, the, the it's just a straight line crack that uh, you know that would settle down to be and, uh, and not be raised. You know, in, in a, a perfect crack. world, that would happen. In our world, Walter, it ain't going to work. This, there's more soil is going to sift in there into that void when the root decomposes, and yeah. the slab is going to be two inches high, maybe an inch and a half high forever, unless you go in and take it up and re relay the patio. Right. Okay. Well, I was just open for ideas, but. I, he seems so sure that the buttermilk would introduce a... Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, nope, not going to work. It's an old wives' tale, right? You got it. Old guys, old wives, old somebody's tale. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, thanks for your help. You bet, Walter. You pay me the big bucks to give you the truth, and I will tell you the truth, and it will set you free in your garden. At 718, you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. And not a whole lot of sunshine in the offing for today. It's going to be cloudy. It's going to be relatively dark. It's going to be relatively wet. We're going to have some showers developing this afternoon. Highs in the low 50s overnight going down into the low 40s with the clouds and the rain sticking around pretty much all day long. Good news. Pike Nursery is having a potting party today. Inside, warm, learn all you need to know about how to take care of houseplants. And that can get details at pikenursery.com. And the full weather forecast comes within 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I need to look up the details of the Pike Potting Party to tell you the time that it's coming, but that would be a lot of fun to do. You and the kids stay out of the rain and have something fun to do this afternoon or this morning whenever it happens. Tony is out in Alpharetta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Tony, hey, man, good morning. 
God bless your heart. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. Um, well, I have a zoja grass that is brand new. Uh, late summer, early fall, they yeah. put it down. And I have a female dog that off and on has been urinating in the back. Sure. And let the uh, patches and got discolored. And I want to see eventually if it's going to green up or I need to do something to, I don't know, Make yeah. it look better. What's your best suggestion? I got, I got good news and bad news. Good news oh. is, yes, it's going to green up. Not a problem. Bad news, it's going to look funky, you know, if you allow the dog to continue to do what she does there. And so the other part of the, quote, bad news is that it's all on you, Tony. You need to train your dog where to go to the bathroom. Got you. Uh, and there are plenty. You go online, and there's plenty of things that show how to set a certain corner, a little small area of the yard where there's gravel or where there's ivy or whatever, pine straw, whatever she likes sure. to go in. And sure. you reward her and get her to go back there. And so whenever you open the door and she needs to go outside, you say, sure. go pee. And she goes back to the back, does her business, comes back inside. Everything sure. looks great on the Zoysia lawn. I shouldn't stress out. It's going to start greening up. Right. Yeah, as soon as spring comes, it'll start greening up. It'll look fine. Thank you, thank you, thank you for letting me. One more thing, Tony, because you're my friend. I always do value-added information. Here's some value-added information. Do not believe the online ads, because when you Google this about dog urine and that sort of stuff, you're going to get ads that say, just add this to your dog's diet. Just put this in a feed them this thing or feed them that (laughs) thing or tomato juice or this, that, and the other. Do not believe them. If you want to try that's, one, that's, talk to your veterinarian that's what I call first. master always. That's what I yeah. call master. Exactly. Thank exactly. you so much, Walter. Tony, it's Thank great you. talking to you. Thanks for Thank calling. You. Bye-bye. 26 minutes past the hour. If you've got any kind of question, well, in the next couple of minutes, we're going to talk to Darren up in Athens. He wants to know, will copper nails kill a tree? What a great question, Darren. Stick around. I want to talk to you about that. Dottie and Marietta need some advice on weed control and centipede lawns, and that is different from a Bermuda lawn. So we've got to talk about what's the difference between centipede, Bermuda, and the weeds there. Mary and Marietta has a question about, is it too late to winterize a lawn? Hmm, too late, too late. Hmm, we will see about that. Too late, baby. Scott, see if we can find that song, Too Late, Baby, It's Too Late. All right, we'll talk about that with Mary a little bit, too. It's 727 and one half at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after news. Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 7.35 on a Saturday morning, 46.2 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves. The Georgia Gardener. Calls are picking up. I can definitely tell a difference between the last week in December and today because uh, calls were a little slow the last week in December. We had a best of Walter Reeves last Saturday while I was in New York. And um, this Saturday, calls are picking up. If you have a question that you 
don't need the answer to until the summertime, might as well call now because I tell, tell you now, in April and May, you won't be able to get in hardly other than 6 to 6.30 maybe. So if you have a question about your garden or about what you can do in the summertime, 404-872-0750. Darren is up in Athens, Clark County, the capital of the south, a classic city. Darren, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine, Darren. How can I help? You know, I uh, worked with a landscaping crew in California many years ago, and a couple calls ago you were had a gentleman with tree problems. Yeah. I had heard that copper nails, a couple copper nails driven into a tree would kill it. Now, I've, I'm sure you know whether or not that's an old wives' tale as well. Well, in honor of my 97-year-old mother... Yes, <laughs> it yeah. is an old wives' tale. There, it's not going to kill the tree. I mean, the closest. Uh, it, it certainly had to be. I, I tried it one time and it didn't work. Uh, but these guys surely believed it. Well, the other thing that some folks still believe is that by driving galvanized nails into pecan trees, that that will supply enough zinc to make the pecans not have a zinc deficiency disease called pecan rosette. And driving galvanized nails into a pecan tree doesn't help the zinc rosette either. <laughs> Nor does burying cans of red devil lie in the ground around your pecan tree make it any happier, healthier either. I know a bunch of old wives' tales, <laughs> Darren, and um, sure. some of them might have a little grain of truth in them, but there's a lot of them that not not so much. I appreciate it. Darren, it's great you, talking you to settled, you. You settled huh? that for me. I've wondered that for years. <laughs> Spread the word. Spread the word, Darren. <laughs> we'll Thank you, Walter. Have a good day. You bet, man. We'll see you. 404-872-0750. Miss Dottie and Mary out of Georgia joins us. Dottie, hey, good morning. Dottie? Dottie, Dottie, Dottie. Dottie, 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 Dottie. Going to put you on the whole button as well. Let's go to Mary and Marietta. Mary joins us. Hey, Mary, good morning. Good morning. Hi. How can I help, Barry? Is it too late to uh, put out winter the winter fertilizer? Yes. On what kind of grass? I should have asked those different. <laughs> I should have. I should have asked the first question first. What kind of grass are we talking about? Mostly fescue, but uh, I've got some other types. Well, <laughs> that's why I should have asked first what kind of grass you have because <laughs> yes. You can put fertilizer on fescue now, but winterizer or summerizer or springerizer or fallerizer, it doesn't really matter. All the grass cares about, all fescue cares about is give me some fertilizer. So you don't, do not need to buy a winterizer or anything like that. Just go get any branded lawn fertilizer, you know, the Scots and the, and the, pike, blend, the pike, uh, pike lawn fertilizer and any other branded fertilizer do great. Use those. Don't worry about it being a winterizer. So it is okay? Yeah. Yeah. In matter of fact, I'm going to tell you two more times that it's okay. Eh, maybe one more time. All right. So have you fertilized recently, Mary? No. All right. Here's the deal. You need to keep this on your thumbnail. Rule of thumb. Rule of thumb for fertilizing your fescue lawn. It needs four feedings every year, and they come in the cool season. They come September. November, February, and um, maybe the early April. 
It's four times. And so you're, I'm giving you the February benefit of the doubt right now. So we're going to feed it now for sure. We're going to feed it another time towards the end of March, early April. Cut it off for the summertime. Do not call me and tell me you fertilize in the summer because that will give you a lovely chance to get brown patch on your fescue. And we'll fertilize again September 1. Okay, thank you so All much. Right. That's make the, it makes the fescue so much healthier, and that's the real key. Make the grass healthy, and you kill the weeds just for the grass growing so vigorously. So that's where we want to put our investment in, making the grass green and vigorous. Thank you. You bet, Mary. Thanks for calling. 40 Bye. minutes past the hour. Who's next? John, out in Marietta, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. John, good morning. Good morning to you, sir. You bet. How can hey, I help? It, uh, is it time to uh, cut back some uh, azaleas? It depends. Why do you want to cut them back? Because my bride said to. Ah, that's the best answer in the world. And the answer <laughs> is yes. <laughs> well, good, because I did it last week. <laughs> <laughs> John. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let I, me... cut them, I cut them back to knee high, and then uh, she said, no, no, my knees are lower, so I had to redo them. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, they're cut back probably to 18, 20 inches. We're trying to yeah. see if we can force some new growth on them. They're probably 20 years old. How big were they before you did the pruning? Uh, maybe three feet. Uh, well, I mean, the the thing to not look forward to is flowers this spring. There's not yeah, going to be expect, any flowers this spring. they won't because we cut off all the buds. Yeah. But on the other hand, the shrub probably appreciated being pruned in winter rather than being pruned after flowering. Although, I tell most people, uh, prune them after flowering won't hurt anything, and it usually doesn't. But if you really want to do the right thing by the shrub, winter pruning for those um, um, plants is, generally speaking, a good thing. Now, maybe not on forsythia and some of the real early things, and azalea uh, goes in there too, that winter pruning is going to remove blooms. But if you want to talk about the health of the plant, probably yeah. winter blooming does better than spring and summer blooming. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I can't get in trouble then. You will not be in trouble, John. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> All right, um, thanks. I have an article in the paper this past week. I said uh, a guy wanted to know whether or not he and his wife, they were arguing about whether or not to remove and replace the mulch under the azaleas or whether he could just sprinkle a little mulch on the top of it. And I said, you know, sometimes I'm not a garden consultant. I'm a marriage counselor. Marriage consultant. So <laughs> in your case, you're going to be fine. you got at least another year you can look forward to, John. I appreciate the answer. You bet. Thanks for calling. We got, let's see, Gene. Gene's out in Lilburn, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gene, good morning. Good morning, sir. Happy New Year to Happy you. Happy New Year to you. Uh, just a quick question. Um, I have a fescue lawn, and I planted it, or I reseeded in October, yeah. and I got the seed to come up really well because of all the warm weather and rain we yeah, got. Yeah, terrific. But, yeah, it turned out great, but along with the the, uh, the grass, I have a lot of chickweed. Mm. Is there anything I can do about the chickweed now, or do I have to wait? You sure can, and the key is you told me that you seeded back in early in the fall that's grown vigorously, and I'm positive your fescue is well-established and will not be hurt by weed killer. If you said, oh, I planted my seed in the 1st of December, no, you would not be able to, Gene, because the fescue is still getting a root system on it, and weed killers might inhibit the root system. I don't want that to happen. But you got nice, vigorous fescue. You might even mow it once or twice by now. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, the weed killer is fine. Use it according to the label directions. Don't go any more than the label says. But this is a fine fescue, uh, um, chickweed killing season on fescue. Just go out and spray as needed. Don't do it on windy days, rainy days. 
follow the okay. label. You know to do that. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. That's exactly what I need to know. I appreciate your you time. Bet. You bet, Gene. Thanks for calling. Thank you, sir. Bye. Who's next? Karen. Karen in Atlanta, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Karen. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help, Karen? Um, I've got a gardenia that blooms every year, and for some reason this year it's got these orange uh, little things that are partway down the limb, not at the end where the bloom was. Yeah. And I've just never seen those before. Hmm. Now, these orange things, are they round? Are they spongy? Are they rough? Or give me more description. They're not spongy, um, but they're symmetrical. They're, uh, I'll go out and just see what they feel like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have a little experiential radio right here. Karen goes and finds out what they feel like. Yeah, they're, um, well, they are pretty much closer to the end than they look. They're to one side, but they look like they came below where the bloom was. Uh, there might have been two blooms there, because I'm going to say seed pods. Well, that's what it, it looks like as a seed pod. We've just never go. had those before. That is one of those things that different years you'll have different phenomena happen to gardenias. And there are not that many gardenia varieties that make noticeable seed pods on them. But I know that that's an area of very intense interest amongst gardenia breeders because if they can make more colorful seed pods, then after the flowers come, the seed pods still give you some color and some interest in the plant. And so they want to try to develop those that make better seed pods. I know down at um, uh, the, the uh, McCorkle Nursery over in Deering, Georgia, they were doing some research with the University of Georgia on seed pod bearing gardenias down there. But I don't know specifically if any of they developed have come to the retail trade at Pike yet, but that's what you have is a gardenia seed pod. So can they be propagated? You bet, yeah. Um, are you still, you said they're pretty firm right now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Usually you wait until they're shriveled up a little bit, and so I think what I would do, I would experiment honestly, I would take three or four if you have enough to play with, I'd take three or four now inside the house and just keep them in a dark cool place for the rest of the uh, winter plant them in spring, and then leave some on the shrub, and when spring comes, take those off the shrub. I don't mean to plant the whole pot. I mean you need to take a knife and slice into it and get the seeds, the little brown seeds inside like an apple sort of, and those are what you really plant. So in both cases, the pods stay in the house, the other pods stay on the plant, but come, I don't know, middle to the last of April of this coming year, you uh, open them up with a knife, take the seeds out, plant those in a sunny place, and we'll see what happens. Okay. All right, great. Thank you. All right. Okay. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling, Karen. Thanks. Bye. Don't forget, uh, guess, oh, you know what? I had a list of things I wanted to talk about this morning. I'll tell you something that really, really, really intrigued me. I saw in the news this past week is beekeepers have found a new way to prevent or to wage war on a mite that is really part of the big problem with colony collapse disorder with beehives. You know about colony collapse disorder and people worried about honeybee decline and all that kind of stuff. One of the reasons that honeybee hives decline is because of this mite that we have had in the states for about 15 years that attacks the bees, sucks their juice out of their bodies. It's called the, the uh, vampire mite, or varora mite is the real science name for it. And so what these hobbyists, basically, from, I think, Pennsylvania around Purdue up there, have found is there are certain bees in a hive, certain hives that have bees who like to eat mites. Catch this. 
the bees that are that are this way have this characteristic will go up to a mite on another bee's head and chew on it, chew on its legs, break them off. They will not let bees who have mites on their heads come into the hive. And so they're doing this very frantic breeding, these beekeepers are. They're breeding these bees to be better mite biters. Yep, better mite biters. <laughs> and if they can get that bred into the general bee population, then there'll be less weakening influence of these uh, uh, Varora vampire mites, and we'll have a better way of keeping our honeybees safe and having better pollination and all the benefits that honeybees provide to the environment. I was really, really intrigued by that because it does not require any kind of you know, special insecticide, miticide, treating the hive, anything like that. It's just simple breeding, just something selecting the bees that like to bite mites. That I like a lot. It's 748, and I'd like to be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Pretty much a 500 batting average today. It's going to be wet, but it's going to be warm. Take your pick. Can't have both dry and warm today, but nonetheless, it's going to be cloudy throughout the day. Rain this afternoon, rain and clouds overnight. Highs today in the low 50s and overnight going into the low 40s. Your full accurate weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I mentioned a minute ago about the Pike potting party that's happening at all Pike locations today. It starts at 9 o'clock. Check that out. So you have an hour to get yourself dressed, get the kids together, get them a snack, and let's go to Pike and have a potting party there. And you get details at pikenursery.com, locations of Pike and all that sort of stuff. The other thing to remember, if you have an interest in plants, and I know most listeners of this show do have some interest in plants. And if you're thinking about, could I make a career out of this or could I earn some money doing this? Pike is going to have a career fair Thursday, 2 to 5 o'clock, all stores. Check that out as well. So call your local Pike Nursery, ask details about the career fair, ask kind of what they expect of employees. And as you may or may not know, Pike is an employee-owned company. And so by you being an employee, you're contributing to, and they have various benefits that happen with employee-owned companies. And so you would certainly want to um, check that out if you have an interest in being a Pike employee or working with plants a little more during the spring and summer this year. By the way, if you don't get your question answered today, you can always go to WalterReeves.com. There's lots of things on there. The new newsletter just came out, um, let's see, right around the end of December, December 31, I think, and I put all my New Year's resolutions there. We'll have a new newsletter coming out, I believe, next Thursday. So we'll have that together for you. You can follow me on Facebook. Get first notification if interesting interesting things happen, like my trip to France and Italy. And also, you can follow me on Twitter. I have a, I don't think I'm up to a thousand followers on Twitter, but I'm going for a thousand. Just give me over a thousand on Twitter. It <laughs> will be okay. So Facebook, Twitter. There's a link to my Vimeo vid, uh, videos on Vimeo there, as well as the newsletter that comes out every couple of Thursdays. So you'll see all that stuff at WalterReeves.com. 7.57, and we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. Well, I ain't get the paper, I read it through.